Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the College to Pro.com NFL Draft Blast. of the JVP and Bo Show. I'm your show host, Bo Marchant, joined with Justin Van Fulpen as we bring you around the league with draft insight that we want to bring each and every week. Justin, last week was our, I guess, first show where we're going to try to do it on a weekly basis, and I thought it went pretty well, but we're accustomed to doing a lot of mock drafts and top five, but that was the first time we just kind of discussed the wide range and broad amount of subjects around the National Football League. This week we're going to do it again, but uh, with that said, How's the day treating you, my man? Hey, it's it's great, man. And like I said, we're a week closer to Indianapolis. You know, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the new format and them them showing these uh, these guys running on prime time. See how that that will work out in terms of the schedule. And so, looking forward to that and uh, and diving into free agency and then then to draft. So it's, it's no short of excitement here uh, with the NFL season. Definitely. You know what? And we've been doing this so long. I mean, we've been talking about this stuff. I mean, you know, we we were talking about, you know, the day would come when this combine and the draft would be prime time. And, you know, that was a decade ago. Um, Do you think there will ever flip-flop the draft and free agency so teams maybe draft before that? Do you think that's ever going to be something or is this going to be the status quo for, you know, from now to the, you know, end of time? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, obviously, if you look at the NBA, the NBA is flipped where they have free agency, then you know, then the draft. I think if the NFL did that, uh, of course, the free agency would be such less of importance, and the money in terms of what these guys were going to get, so they could know, hey, we've we've got a young quarterback, or we've got a young offensive tackle, we've got a young corner, we don't need to go spend money on a Byron Jones at corner, or a, you know, as far as a uh, Taylor, I mean, um a, you know, a tackle or, you know, some of these free agency, you know, that are coming, you know, coming up there, uh, you know, Anthony Costanzo is a tackle I was thinking about with the, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, you know, so they will be able to kind of figure that out. So I think it would hurt the vets. And I don't think they, the NFL wants to do, you know, do that. They've kind of, you know, kind of cop hit the, the cost structure low for the rookies. And that's what they've kind of wanted to do with the new CBA. And I don't see that, uh, that changing anytime soon. Good. You know, that's what I was kind of thinking, you know, you know, protect these NFL veteran salaries and let them kind of build on, you know, on what they've already done rather than, you know, kind of throw it to the rookies. Um, So let's kind of develop, I guess, delve into what we're going to do this week. Um, We're going to kind of hit it off and kind of talk about the teams and, you know, teams that have to do free, you know, make the most out of what free agency has to offer and make the right choices, not only signing the right free agents, but maybe possibly re-signing the guys that they have that are going to hit free agency. So with that said, I mean, you know, what's that one team for you, Justin, that kind of, you know, you know, maybe they have some question marks on guys that they might want to resign rather than go out and, you know, pursue. Well, I think you look at, you look as far as the cap space, you know, that the Dolphins, the Colts, 
you know, the Bills, the Bucks, you know, have there, I mean, upwards of, you know, close to $80 million. The, the Dolphins have close to $90 million in cap space. And it's going to be a question of, of what do the Dolphins want to do at the quarterback position? Do they want to go try to get a Teddy Bridgewater? You know, or they say, hey, we're going to get, you know, we're going to trade up with the Lions to get uh, to Otunga Loloa. Um, you know, so what do they do there? Do the Colts, what do they do at the quarterback position? Do they go get a Phillip Rivers or Jameis Winston, a veteran-type guy there? You know, do they sink some money in there? You know, Anthony Costanzo, he's a, a free agent. They're a left tackle. What type of money does he get? You know, the Colts didn't spend they had a ton of money last year in free agency. They didn't, they didn't spend a ton. Uh, this year, again, they're one of the top in the, as far as the cap space there. You know, what do the Buffalo Bills do coming off of a – a season where they made the playoffs, you know, and have a young quarterback. And, and now, you know, do they go in, try to get some more weapons for, for Josh Allen, try to be able to, you know, keep, keep that defense there. If we look at, you know, the free agency marks going to all start with those, those quarterbacks there. Uh, but then what, where does Amari Cooper, Cooper go? Where does, you know, JV Downing clown, you know, go, where does Shaq Barrett go? You know, where does Ndokwe, the Jaguars pass rusher, you know, go, uh, you know, where, you know, where does Justin Simmons, the safety with the Broncos go? Or Byron Jones, the corner with the, the Cowboys go there. So I think those are, you know, there, obviously the quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, you know, where do the, you know, the quarterbacks end up? Does Drew Brees retire? I mean, what does that kind of, you know, place there in terms of the free agency landscape? You know, and, and that's something that, again, we'll start to get those here, those rumors when we're down in Indianapolis there in the next couple of weeks. And then obviously leads to free agency, be able to start negotiating uh, March 16th and be able to sign these guys March 18th. Yeah, you know, and I, and I look at one team, you know, I think, you know, I look at what the Packers did last year, you know, they're so, you know, Ted Thompson's gone, the longtime GM, and, and Kirk Chris comes in, and, you know, he spends that money, you know, they bring in the Smith. And then they bring in, you know, the DB from the safety from Chicago. I mean, they spent that money, you know, something we haven't seen. And, you know, it's, I want to see this off season for Green Bay to see. I mean, I, you know, they talked about not winning pretty and, that you know, they were going to win ugly. But in the end, they lost ugly. And I, I think that kind of goes in. You never want to win ugly. If you're doing it the right way, it should look good. I don't think it should look ugly. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he just wasn't himself. The weapons weren't there. So I'm very curious and to see what they do via the trade. I know there's rumblings about, you know, Odell Beckham. I know last season really wasn't the best for him in Cleveland. We'll see if they go in another direction. And uh, maybe he's Jenison. But, again, going back to free agency, I'm interested to see how the Packers attack this offseason in terms of if they're going to bring some offensive firepower. Um, you know, I mean, Jay Sternberger, the third-round pick, was hurt most of the last year. He came back in the playoffs at the touchdown. Jimmy Graham. I think past his prime. So, you know, I look at a guy like Eric Ebron, you know, another free agent you mentioned, you know, coming out of Indianapolis, you know, is he a guy that, you know, the, the, the Packers could target to add another weapon for Aaron Rodgers because it all revolves around number 12. And if he's not being, you know, mag, 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 maximized, I guess, if you will, I, you know, I, I think they're kind of spinning their wheels. Um, now you are a Detroit guy, you're a Michigan guy. And uh, before we hit, um, what's, what are you hearing and, and how much do you put into the stock about, you know, Matthew Stafford and maybe there's a possible transition for him this off season with him being traded? Well, I think when you look at the money, it's just too much in terms of, Hey, if they would trade him, what, what the dead money would count against the cap. And then, okay. Then, you know, then if they did trade Matthew Stafford, then all points, all signs would point to drafting Tua there at number three, um, or maybe they like a you know Justin Herbert you know better you know there, but you know getting a young quarterback there, 
you know, I just think there would be too much money wrapped up in the dead money with Matthew Stafford and the money you're going to pay the number three pick in the draft there, especially when, you know, basically owners Martha Ford and the Ford family have said basically to Bob Quinn and to Matthew Patricia, it's, it's a we got to either get in the playoffs or be right there competing for a playoff position or you guys are gone. You know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of been a thing. And, you know, obviously they, they coached the senior bowl down there. They were, you know, them and the Cincinnati Bengals, the two teams that coached the senior bowl, you know, there. So I don't think they can do it. I think they've got to basically parlay this third pick with these, these couple quarterbacks that people want to get up there and get to parlay them to extra draft picks to be able to, you know, build that, build that team. You know, Matthew Stafford was playing great before the back injury there. So I don't think, you know, we'll see any type of a trade there with uh, Matthew Stafford going someplace else, but finishing his career there with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Justin, in terms of, you know, that cap hit, that dead money um, would be just too much to overcome. And it makes me think if these teams didn't have to suffer the consequences of all this dead cap money, imagine how many trades that we would see actually go down. I mean, teams would be, hey, you know what, Justin, you know, there's no cap, there's no dead money. Um, you're uh, packing stuff. Uh, you're on your way to, you know, San Diego. <laughs> Um, once again, you're listening to the JVP and Bo Show here on Block Talk Radio. You can also download and listen to these shows at Apple Music and iTunes. You can download them and listen to at your leisure, and we always do appreciate you guys stopping by and joining us. Um, last week, fantastic results. Um, we had about 500 listeners, which is pretty good, um, right around where we want to be. So, like I said, hopefully we'll start building this base up, and um, you know, and then uh, we'll become the biggest podcast on the internet, and uh, we'll be making a uh, racket and dough from all the. The, the sponsors and people trying to make sure that their names are heard and spread as they listen to our weekly show. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the free agency, but I, you know, I think our wheelhouse and you know something we we're going to discuss is, you know, the QBs and, you know, some pre combine, you know, what do we think of these guys and, and how many are going to go in the first round? Um, I'll say my answer and then we'll get to you. I'm going to say the over-under for me is going to be four in the first round. I, I'm, and I'm going to take the over. I, I think there's five. I just think the way the salary caps are set for rookies, we saw with the Arizona Cardinals, you can move up and take a Josh Rosen. And if he doesn't pan out, you have the first pick and you take Kyler Murley. Um, I just think teams know the quarterbacks are the way to go. If you don't have one, um, you, you know, you kind of kind of really set yourself back. So I'm going to say four and a half or four over-under. And I'm going to take the over, um, and we'll kind of delve into which guys we might see in the first round. But uh, what are your thoughts, and where's your over/under on first-round quarterback pre-combine? I would say three, you know, and, and I think, you know, I would say so. If the over/under is four, I'm going under and saying three because I don't know if we're going to see a fourth quarterback there. I, you know, what you had said makes perfect sense in terms of hey, you know, you get a first-rounder, you get a fifth-year option, you get to be able to control that that quarterback, you know, money there. But I don't know if a Jordan Love or a Jacob Eason or a Jake Fromm, you know, if those guys end up, you know, in the late first rounds. I mean, I think it's just it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think we know there's a lock in Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert. I think those guys – and, again, the, comes. I think it depends on how fast does – you know, does Tua go three and Herbert go four? And then, yeah, you know, then there's going to, you know, maybe then somebody pulls up to get a, a Jordan Love or falls in love with, you know, Jacob Eason from Washington's big arm. Or, hey, loves the moxie of a, a Jake Fromm. And, hey, can he be, you know, Drew Brees 2.0 there? So, yeah, I think that's, you know, again, I think there's three locked there. And I would just say, hey, I'm going to say three 
just on the conservative side there. That, yeah, I, I think that is I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm going to say tonight, you know, what is it, uh, February 13th. I'm guaranteeing we're going to get four. I mean, we're going to get two of Justin and, and Joe. And then, um, you know, I, th- I think Jordan's going to sneak in. And then I, I think the, 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 the one of the, you know, Fromm or Ethan are going to be one of those guys that, you know, they're going to be early day two. But then it doesn't account for day one. But I, like I said, I think that's going to give us the four. And one of those guys push us to five. And I, for the listeners out there, if you go to the collegeofpro.com, we all – our draft rankings, we kind of go back to the numbers. Um, the last time we actually had five quarterbacks in the first round, um, was 2018, and then uh, if you kind of go back through that, we're going to go back through 2012. Um, there was four, and 13 there was one. I think that was EJ Manuel. Um, then in 14 we had three, 15 we had two, 16 we had three, 17 we had three, 18 we had five, and then uh, in 2019 we had three. So Justin's right on cue uh, with the three, but I, I just I think this year I think teams get, you know what it is? I I think teams their copycat league. It's the cliche thing about the National Football League and Everybody wants that Nets, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson. People want that Patrick Mahomes. You know, they're the hot things to have. And the only way you're going to get one is to pick. And if you don't pick them, I might pick them. But with that said, you know, we're not going to find out the answer to this until April 23rd when the 20 NFL draft goes off in Las Vegas. And I get a lot of things to go on from now till then. Um, when you look at this quarterback class, Justin, pre-combine, um, give us your top five. I mean, we don't have to go into detail, but maybe just a few words on, you know, your top five as of today. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow was a guy who was, hey, you know, I mean, people were looking at him in terms of national and so had him like basically as a fifth, sixth round, you know, pick and just had an unbelievable year and just kind of vaulted himself up there. You know, I think he's for sure the Bengals will take him, you know, number one. And then this comes, you know, the hip being two, you know, number two. There, that's that's going to be the whole question is medically where he's going to be at there. Justin Herbert, we saw down at the Senior Bowl, live arm, you know, big, athletic, strong guy. Uh, questions about, hey, you know, he's kind of an introvert. Could he be a leader? Could he be at a alpha type, you know, guy there at that quarterback position? You know, and then you get to that, you know, kind of flavor of the month. You know, do you like the big arm of a Jacob Eason? I would probably put him for. Jordan Love, you know, five, and then from, you know, six there. Uh, but, again, I think those are the top six guys, you know, and, and you know, I think it's going to be kind of depend on what you like there. As far as Bo, where do you, as far as your rankings of, of those six quarterbacks, what kind of order would you put those in? You know what, right now, as pre-combine now, and we have time to change, um, I mean, obviously, I think you got to put Joe Burrow number one. Um, I'm going to kind of go in a different route. I really was impressed with Justin Herbert at, at the Senior Bowl. And then uh, even, uh, you know, talking to him down there, you know, just, just getting a sense of how the kid was. I liked him. And then, you know, I'm going to put two a third, even though I have a lot of question marks. I mean, the injuries, I'm not going to lie, Justin. You know, playing, you know, a couple years at Alabama and not being able to play, you know, without some injuries, um, especially the significant um, that kind of concerns me, you know, and I, I hope it's not something that lingers, you know, a la Robert Griffin, you know, he battled injuries at Baylor and they kind of haunted him at the next level. So I, I hope, you know, these are past. I mean, yeah, I got a lot of career, but uh, talent wise, love them, but uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, the, the injuries are, are something that would really kind of um, concern me as we go through this part. And then, uh, you know, I, I like Ethan, Ethan, I, you know, him and Love are that, that third, fourth guy. Um, but right now I'm going to give it to Ethan. I just like what he brings out of the pocket. And then Jordan Love, and then uh, 
you know, I think Fromm is that guy that, you know, I think he's going to wow scouts. I mean, we know, you know, he's diligent. He, you know, he doesn't wow you with any one part of his game, but when you put it collectively together, you know, you got a pretty good quarterback prospect. And sometimes those are the best ones, you know. So we know all these guys aren't going to be stars. None of them ever are in terms of every one of these guys turning out to be the, you know, the, the next Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, they're always going to be misses in this process. But those would be my five and uh, like I said, uh, I think the only difference, I think, you know, it's probably where we have the top three between Tua and, uh, and Herbert. Um, like I said, Tagovailoa, I'm going to put third. I'm going to pump Justin Herbert up. And, I mean, we remember, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, you know, this time last year, you know, you know, going through the season last year, you know, or 2018, 2019, you know, Justin Herbert was the, you know, quintessential number one. I mean, I remember watching the Oregon game and John Elway was in the press box and this is going to be the Denver Broncos first pick, but you know, he decides to stay and be a duck for another year. And the, you know, the, you know, the Broncos end up taking Drew Locke out of Missouri. So, you know, fun times, but again, you know, like, you know, two weeks, we know we're going to get to, you know, really kind of devolve ourselves even more into this draft process as these guys arrive in Indianapolis and get the throwing and they do the interviews and, you know, and this is, you know, if they're not at the senior bowl, the juniors, this, you know, as well as anybody, Justin, this is the first time these teams really get to sit down and look these kids in the eye, find out what's upstairs, put them on the board, you know, get the medical. It's going to be huge for Tua, you know, how, how many teams, you know. And I, I think you may agree, may not agree, but I do think you're going to agree. I mean, there may be some teams that are scared off by what they find out about Tua. You you think that's Yeah, fair yeah, I think you're 100% right there. You know, I think what you said, you know, makes, makes a ton of sense, you know, in terms of, hey, if you can't, stay you know healthy in college how can we expect you to stay healthy in the nfl and obviously had the ankles you know a, a couple of you know years ago there wasn't able to uh finish you know the sec championship game because of an ankle injury then obviously you know jalen hurts came in there uh finished it off there and then obviously you know this year with you know some injuries uh you know before the lsu game and then obviously the hip that's the mississippi state game uh quick kind of aside there if you would have if we would throw in uh two guys who aren't draft eligible who will be probably the, the top two picks in next year's draft at the quarterback position, a Justin Fields out of Ohio State and a Trevor Lawrence. If we threw those two guys in there, how does that kind of shape your top five there? Where would, the, where would those guys rank? Would you put a Trevor Lawrence ahead of Joe Burrow? Would Justin Fields be, you know, two or three? Where would you kind of, you know, put those guys if we, if we had them all, you know, to be able to choose from? Oh, that's a great question. Justin, if we had to go that route, I, I would keep Joe at one. Um, ugh, I, 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 I'm going to have to put just – I'm going to put Herbert at two. Um, I'm going to put Lawrence three, two of four, and then I'd put Phil to five. I'm very skeptical on the whole – you know, Ohio State's offense is so prolific. I mean, you know, I mean, and I know they're, they're fantastic athletes, but they do things so easy and – you know, these receivers just basically do the go round. They just seem that, you know, speed down the field and these guys are just heaving. So, um, I don't know. I thought Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins struggled last year. I mean, Cardell Jones never panned out. Terrell Pryor never was the answer. Um, you know, you even look at, you know, Urban Meyer's track record from Florida to Ohio State. You know, I mean, Tim Tebow, arguably one of the greatest collegiate players we've ever seen. But when these guys get to that next level, um, you know, it's not the case. I know Urban Meyer's early career at the college level, you know, some quarterbacks that made it, you know, good in the NFL. But uh, ugh, I'm going to say I'm going to be a little skeptical of Fields. I'm just from right now. Again, we're, we're pre yeah, I, I combine you know, yeah. right in, in your assessment and, you know, talking with people down at the NFL, you know, at the, the Senior Bowl, you know, about Justin Fields. I mean, and just kind of saying, you know, 
and you know asking that same type of question you know that was kind of what the NFL scouts you know that I had talked to you know said was like hey you know Fields we're you know he's not he's not a dynamic athlete in terms of running the ball like a Lamar Jackson you know but he you know and like you said the Ohio State guys and you know in the past what what Florida's done that offense and kind of hey the, all the talent that they've got around him you know, it really scares a lot of people. So I think that's going to be an interesting debate. Obviously, about 365 days away from having, you know, that debate, assuming Justin Fields <laughs> declares after, you know, uh, next season. But at least a little little preview for, for our listeners that uh, that geek out with the NFL draft, just like me and you do. Definitely. Well, I got to ask, I mean, where would you put those two guys? If we had to throw them in the mix right now and they're going to come off the board in April, where are you going to put Fields or Lawrence? In terms you know, of, I, I, you know, the first I would think – I would think, you know, you got to go Trevor Lawrence, number one, Burrow, two, uh, you know, probably, you know, Herbert, Herbert, three, you know, um, two or four, you know, some, you know, you know, and then, you know, then Fields, five. You know, I just think, I think Trevor Lawrence is that, you know, he's that John Elway, uh, Andrew Luck, you know, kind of, you know, type of prospect that everybody's going to fall in love. Now, is is he going to be great? Who knows? But he's that type of, of player there. What scares me and what scares a lot of scouts in terms of Joe Burrow is he was a one-year wonder and he had to get in the right offense there with Joe Brady, who went to the Carolina Panthers now to be their OC. You know, he wasn't great, you know, his junior season. And that's why National Blesso had him as a fifth, you know, fifth round, you know, great. And had Justin Herbert as the number one overall player in, in last year's spring grades. Definitely. Now, and this is one thing, and, you know, anyone, wherever you want to go get your resource, you go to College Pro, you could go anywhere, you buy draft publications, um, you look online. Um, once you find, go to Phil Still where he has guys, I'm, for the listeners out there, and I do this every year, and it's never failed. Um, I can go back to Carson Palmer, uh, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Kyler Murray. Uh you look down this board, and, and Joe Burrow would be the exact same guy. You're talking fifth, sixth round. Anyone out there, do this. You start looking at next year's 2021 draft projections, and you go from 10 to 15. Now, I don't know which person between 10 and 15 is going to be, but you watch that group, and that's where you're going to find the ascender, the one quarterback that just kind of leapfrogs everybody. Um, uh, RG3, you know, that was Andrew Luck here. This kid out of Baylor, boom, just starts going, having to have this crazy season. And it happens. I mean, it happens at all positions. But quarterback, we really just kind of something we cling to. You know, we don't pay attention to the 12th-ranked offensive tackle and, you know, find out how to jettison up the draft board because we're just so, you know, caught up into the skill guys. But just a little side note for that. Um, we got a lot to talk about in this edition, so we're going to move on from some quarterbacks. And we're going to talk, and this is really Justin's wheelhouse because Justin is so – um, advanced in terms of uh, the entry one. I mean, he, you know, he has his agent's license, so, you know, he knows all this stuff, and he's just so in-depth with the draft work. Um, Justin, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, the junior days, and, you know, I even remember, it's funny you talked about it, even down at the Senior Bowl, you know, uh, talking with some scouts, and they were talking about, you know, they got to come back, and they got to start hitting these junior days. Kind of take us through what it's like for these junior days, and, and how teams, especially, you know, how do they perceive these, and how much of that junior day info goes into these national and blesto reports? Well, well, definitely. As far as the junior days are, are happening right now for the 2021 uh, draft class, as far as so guys that are 
were juniors are to be seniors basically in next year's class. You know, so the guys who will be at the senior bowl, you know, next year, uh, the scouts, the, you know, the area scouts the, for national and blessed. So the two scouting services that the NFL uses national football scouting, which is, is, is basically runs the NFL combine and blessed. So uh, each team, you know, for the most part, besides, I think it's the Patriots and the Ravens subscribe to one of these services. And basically they basically are getting the roadmap, you know, for, for, this fall and where their scouts are going to go. So they go in there and they get the height, weight, the arm length, you know, the hand size, you know, some schools allow guys to run a 40, especially the smaller schools, the D2s, the FCS schools, different things like that. You know, they might allow them to run, you know, 40s there. They, they watch the film and they give them a spring grade, whether it's a draftable grade, a free agent grade, uh, or basically a, what they call is a reject grade going, hey, this guy right now is not a prospect for the NFL. And so basically those grades get compiled and, and they basically, you know, read those reports off in basically the, you know, the end of May and, and they start basically developing their roadmap for the 2021 draft. So even though we ha- were three months away from the 2020 draft, you know, the scouts and things like that are getting ready for junior days there. And it's, it's a big importance because again, it starts the roadmap. And if you're, if you're not considered a draft prospect, uh, that area scout's probably not watching, especially if you're from a, you know, even a Mac school there, you know, or even, you know, a big tent, they're not, you know, far as writing you up. They just have so much guys. They're looking to eliminate prospects, not add prospects to be able to watch there. And again, (laughs) the senior bowl, the East West shrine game, the NFLPA game, the hula bowl, the college gridiron showcase, they're trying to get their hands on these grades because they want to know, what does what scouts what game what players should we put in there uh the agents they're trying to get their hands on these grades who should we recruit the financial advisors are trying to get their hands on the grades. who should we you know who should we recruit there so it's it's you know it's a big thing and again these these grades aren't publicized they they don't like them to get out the, the scouts you know they're explicitly you know instructed do not give these grades out there whether it's to players whether it's to agents whether it's to parents whatever they, they you know it's it's you know really you know protected information there when it comes to national blood. So, but they're a big thing when it comes to the kind of that roadmap to the next year's draft class. It is. I mean, you're, everything you just said, uh, you know, Justin nailed it on the, I mean, I mean, that is, uh, if you're in this business, that is, I mean, that is like the blueprint. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of people use as the go-to as they kind of build towards that next season. And then an agent, um, some agents are real, you know, they're, they kind of use a military term. They like to have, uh, you know, boots on the ground and see these guys up close themselves. And then some guys just want to go off a piece of paper and say, hey, you know what, uh, you know, uh, Joe Smith is fast and uh, he went to a good school and I want to sign him because it's, you know, Bledsoe said so. So, you know, but hey, it's whatever floats your boat and how you want to kind of keep your business going. Um, and we want to keep this going and we're going to, Move on. Um, we're talking draft, and now we're going to talk about the All-Star games. Um, and he mentioned the games, the Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine, um, NFLPA, Tropical Bowl, College Bridge Iron Showcase, Hula Bowl, uh, FCS Bowl. There's, there's a lot of good ones out there and all opportunities for these guys to showcase some skills. Um, why don't you give me three names, Justin, and then I'll give you my three, and we'll just kind of maybe you know talk about what we liked about these guys. Yeah, I think as far as, uh, you know, my number one riser in the all-star game kind of circuit was uh, Justin or uh, Josh Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston, um, where was able to, you know, kind of raises from a guy who was pre- people were thinking was a fifth round, you know, draft pick to potentially, I saw, you know, um, Todd McShay's latest mock draft and he had him 10th overall. 
really from the senior bowl. He went from a guy who was, you know, at, as his play during the seasons, people are starting, hey, he's a third, third round, second round, now to a, a locked, you know, first round grade there, you know, really helped himself down there in Mobile. Another guy who really helped himself, you know, down there in Mobile was uh, Vance Jefferson, the, the wide receiver from Florida, uh, you know, really went from probably a fifth round type grade to now he's in that second, third round receiver. Just, you know, showed the ability to, you know, run, you know, extensive route tree. Just really, you know, helped himself really kind of, you know, put himself up there. And then probably, you know, the other guy is Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. Again, another guy people were saying was, was a, you know, borderline first round, you know, late first round to now a, a solid, you know, first round guy, you know, guys that really, you know, he, he was basically down in Mobile for 48 hours and shut it down because he was just dominating, you know, down there at the Senior Bowl. So those are the three guys that I really thought, hey, you know, really helped themselves tremendously and that we will see in, in you know, Vegas, you know, on day one and day two with, you know, those, you know, three guys for sure, you know, helping themselves really and made a lot of money down there, you know, Mobile at the Senior Bowl. And that's a, is a really good thing for those guys that are kind of that borderline guys, you know, senior bowls will be able to go up there and, you know, uh, make a name for themselves and, and, you know, really help their, their cause when it's all said and done. Definitely. And, and you're right. I mean, and, and I agree. Those those guys did stand out. Um, For me, um, I, I'm going to actually, I'm, I don't know if I'm cheating when I say some of the guys that I thought were risers, but um, I really liked most of the offensive linemen, um, you know, I, I thought uh, from Michigan down at the Shrine game. Um, Runyon and Onaku, I, I thought those guys did really well for themselves and kind of coincided talking with some scouts down there where they thought these guys really kind of did their thing. And, um, you know, I, I really like what Yun- Runyon brings to the table. And then uh, looking at uh, some of the guys from the senior bowl, um, it's kind of be kind of funny. Uh, I, one guy was found at the Shrine game and then obviously had such a good week, and that's Charlie Hex that he got bumped up to the senior bowl. North Carolina tackle, um, real big kid, three, six, seven, 320. Um, Father Andy Heck, you know that, played a long time in the National Football League. But, um, again, I, I thought he kind of, you know, and he had another good week. I mean, and it seems like when these guys have good weeks down here, it really just kind of transcends to this next level. Um, I don't know why, at least that's the trend I see. When these guys get hot now, kind of there's a little carryover that kind of brings them to the draft and even to their rookie season. And then one more, and I, I hate to just stick to two schools, but, uh, I, you know, I saw him, and he's one of the best guys I saw this past season when I was covering games and he played against Pitt, and he's also from North Carolina, is uh, Jason Stobridge, the defensive end. I thought he had a fabulous week down in Mobile. Um, he's one of the guys I'm most excited about. So, you know, when you see the tape, or I shouldn't say tape, but when you scout one of these guys at the game and you're really happy with what they did and then they go down to one of these all-star games, and in my opinion, you know, I thought he had a great week of practice and, you know, did everything he did to kind of increase his stock. You know, and all those guys, they're going to be on their way to the combine. So now they just – now another – opportunity to kind of build on what they've already done this off season. But uh, I agree with all the guys you said. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, any, anyone out there listening, players, parents, agents, um, doesn't mean the guy that you have or the guy you're rooting for didn't have a great week, but you, your eyes can only be in one place when you're down there watching the game. So, you know, if I'm watching the linemen do their thing, I can't see what the defensive backs are doing, vice versa. So again, uh, I know some people kind of get, what? I can't believe you didn't say this guy. That doesn't mean he didn't do it. Just we didn't see it. We're just talking about the guys we did see. Is that fair enough? Yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, we we could go on and 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 give a lot of other guys who had good weeks or risers in the other All Star games, different things like that. But like I said, we you know we were just going for the, the kind of those top three that really we really saw and for his impact there. So 
but definitely a lot of guys that help themselves. And that's what those all-star games are for. It's for those guys to be able to, to, you know, increase their stock, show them against good versus good. And that's what I always tell those guys, Hey, you want to go to those, those all-star games, you know, especially if you're a guy who's like, you know, Jones, the tackle from Houston, he wasn't, he wasn't going against the SEC level of competition, you know? So, you know, to be able to see him against, you know, ACC, SEC, when, you know, he's at Houston, you know, that definitely, you know, helps him and shows all the scouts, the GMs, the coaches, hey, this guy, even though he didn't play at a Power 5 conference, he still played D1 and he was able to be able to compete against uh, the, the Power 5 conferences there. Excellent stuff. I'm your host, Bo Marchant, the legend, Jess and Van Fulpen, here on our JPP and Bo show. Um, we are out of time, folks. We appreciate you stopping by again next week. We're going to have another fantastic half-hour packed show, a more NFL draft talk, NFL free agency, the NFL all around. Justin, have a great week. We can't wait to do this until next week, my man. Yep, yep. we'll talk to you soon, Bo. No doubt. Once again, that is Justin Van Fulpen along with Bo Marchant as we bring you the JVP show. As always, we appreciate stopping by and joining us. Apple, iMusic, Block Talk Radio, opportunities to download and listen to these shows again. This has been a C2P exclusive. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.